You are listening to Creating Phenomenal for Your Life, Episode 34, Self-Talk. This is Creating Phenomenal for Your Life. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a lover of learning, a life and weight loss coach, and a family medicine doctor. This podcast is about mindset, what contributes to a life that thrives versus one that is stuck. We'll talk about many things some related to coaching, some related to health, and some related to your questions, thoughts, and prompts. The ultimate goal of this podcast is to celebrate where we're at and give form to where we're going in our perfectly imperfect journey to a phenomenal life. And give high fives along the way. Thanks for being here. Are you ready? Are you ready for something new, different, exciting? Me too. So let's do it today and explore self-talk, what it is, what we do, and maybe even more importantly, what we don't do because of it. Here are things that many people don't know. We all have self-talk. Much of it is negative. It's our mind's way of quick recall on everything that didn't work. Our mind wants to convince us that every memory that comes up, however it was stored, it's correct, that Whatever we did, it was wrong, or others betrayed us, or we were right, other people were wrong, or we were wrong, other people were right. It wasn't fair, whatever it is. So if you think it's just you, it's not. I used to think it was just me too, but it turns out it is part of our human experience. You know what the difference is between those who do and those who don't, and we can apply this to anything. They do get ahead. They do take risks. They do succeed. They get the promotion. They work hard. It's what they listen to, what they allow to influence them. It's what they choose to do with all the data that's presented. And by data, I mean all of the stimulation around us, the things that happen, the things people say, the events that happen, that's all data. And just to give you an example in data, so say somebody walks by me, makes a comment, What my mind tries to do is to put it into perspective and give it context, like to answer the question, are they right? Is it true? Should I look out? What's going on? Why'd they say that? That's data. And one of the things that we can do instead is say that maybe that comment was just irrelevant. It doesn't need any context and keep going on. Our brains are amazing. Like what our minds come up with that they can think and perform at such a high function. Totally awesome. And what else our minds can do? Change, evolve, and grow with time, with the right fuel. Moving more specifically to self-talk, these are the thoughts that are responsible for our mood and emotion. It's that inner voice that's a running monologue all day, and for some of us, even all night, especially those who are wired to think and achieve and sometimes ruminate. Our self-talk is conscious, so it's what we're aware of, it's that conscious thinking, but it's also the unconscious beliefs and biases that come up. So these are the thoughts that have been stored in our mind, usually over a long period of time, and they come up or they're applied in different situations. It's kind of that, I didn't realize I was feeling that way, or I didn't realize I was thinking about that. That's the unconscious stuff, and it gets applied to our conscious thinking. So all day, our self-talk is really interpreting the day through the lens of our experience. And the term itself, the term self-talk is neutral. It's the ongoing thoughts. If we go into it further, though, we can see that the self-talk 
can be divided into the inner critic, that's the negative, harsh, or self-defeating talk, and the inner cheerleader, and the positive and uplifting. And then there's the in-between, just the neutral. Starting with the inner critic, so that can be the paralyzing and destructive voice. Thoughts that sound like, I'm a loser, I'm a failure. And these thoughts, what they evoke are anger, guilt, shame, fear. And you can see that these thoughts can be loud and believable and incessant and just go around and around. One feeds into the next, which brings in more, which brings in the next. And they result in the same conclusion. Man, I really am a failure. Wow, look at all that. So you can imagine that the negative self-talk is limiting. And you can see how somebody may experience difficulty sleeping or turning their mind off or may try to be perfect. You know, like perfectionism and having impossible standards, thinking that if I'm perfect, if I do this perfectly, that's going to turn off that inner critic. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. If it's the first time you're hearing this, be prepared to be disappointed because perfectionism is not the antidote to the inner critic or the negative self-talk. It doesn't work. It's never enough. That negative self-talk can also lead to difficulty with family and friends and coworkers and your boss and quitting. Because you can imagine if the mind is spinning around in a negative direction, one way to try and turn it off, at least temporarily, is to quit personally or professionally. That negativity, that can also escalate and lead to mood symptoms like depression and anxiety and maybe even a formal diagnosis. But if not a diagnosis, at least a lot of stress. And here's what we do with the idea that maybe it'll just calm down that inner critic. We say to ourselves, oh, it's just how I am. It's who I am. This is how it is. The irony of it all, though, is that negative self-talk makes things negative, whether or not they really are, because there's such a negative bend to everything we think about that even the positive things don't look so good. When I was a kid back in the 70s, I used to wear glasses, and they were so cool. Not. And with them, you could get tinted lenses. It was such a big deal. And I remember I had purple frames, so imagine big older grandma type large purple frames and got them tinted in purple. (laughs) Why not? So everything I looked at at least had a small amount of purple in it. No matter what color it was, there was a purple tint to it. So kind of the lens that I was looking through added purple. Our negative self-talk, that lens, it's the same idea. It has a negative bend to everything around us because that's the lens that we're using. So on the flip side, with that positive self-talk, you can imagine it puts a positive spin on things that may not look positive. It's finding the best, looking for the best, looking for opportunities to grow or learn rather than blaming or shaming. Do you want to rewire your mind? Do you want to stand up to that negative self-talk and stop being bullied by it? Perhaps put on a new lens from which to view the world? choose a different color besides purple. (laughs) Well, awesome. Then let's get to it. Here are five steps to consider. The first, be aware of it. Know when that negative self-talk is coming up, what the language sounds like, how often it's coming up, 
learn it in such detail that you can start to predict when it's going to come up, that it's not a surprise. Maybe it sounds like this. I should have. I never. I can't. Other people, they don't want to be bothered by what I have to say. Not only did you fail, but you failed in front of a group of people. Now look at you. You'll never be able to do that. You really should think twice about that. You know you aren't good enough. You're going to fail. Who do you think you are? And it can be in first person, I statements. It can be in third person, you statements. Doesn't matter. It's all negative self-talk. Sometimes it's difficult to see it within ourselves, to see it as negativity because we've accepted it for so long. So I once had a patient who came to see me and he came in wanting surgery for snoring and didn't consider that it was anything other than something wrong with the back of his throat. That was the reason he was snoring. So gathering a history, doing a physical exam, here's what stood out. He had a significant septal deviation. So that's the center of his nose was pushed way over to one side. And not only that, but the inside of his nose was really swollen. So like very little air was passing through his nose. And I would guess he never breathed through his nose because there wasn't a lot of space. And he accepted it for so long as just being that that's how it is, that's him, that he didn't consider a problem with his nose. And when I talked to him that I was happy to put in a consult for considering snoring, but here's what I think is the problem, it's your nose. And I think by correcting that, not only will you be able to breathe through it, but you won't snore. And it was a shock. He was like, what? That's a problem? He had no idea because he accepted it for so long. That was just him. It's the same thing with our negative self-talk. We can just like believe that it's true. What we can also do is relook at it with new eyes. We can look at the labeling and the bullying that goes on in our minds. It goes on incessantly. And we're good people, right? For the most part, healthy, who just want more, like want to tap into more in our lives. This is the cost to getting more. And it's swimming through the murky waters of our mind to evaluate the thoughts, to listen to the language that's used, the tone, the words, the volume, the frequency. And as we start to do this, we can start to predict when it's going to come up. To get a sense of the magnitude, pick one day and start writing down all the negative thinking, all the negative thoughts that come up, the negative self-talk and see how it shows up for you. I think you'll be absolutely amazed. And not only to see it coming up, but you can even see how you avoid things, avoid people, avoid situations, don't put yourself out there, whatever it is, because of that negative self-talk without realizing that that was going on. So that's number one, be aware of it. Here's number two, stop believing this is you. The inner critic is a combination of criticisms and failures and judgments that have been accumulated over time and been given so much power. This is not your inner wisdom. This is not who you are. And this does not dictate who you will become. Any thought that diminishes who you are, that's not you. That's part of the human mind. That's a collective piece of our brain, one that we all share. It's a primitive piece. But it's not personal. So thinking that that is you, that negative self-talk, that leaves you powerless. Stop believing it. Number three, 
start seeing that negative self-talk is outdated, irrelevant, and distorted. So think of those purple glasses from the 1970s with the purple tint. Imagine that that tint is really deep, dark purple. Imagine you're standing on a white sand beach looking out at the water. What are you going to see? Dark purple. You're not going to see the beauty of the white sand, the fullness of the waves, how the waves white cap. You're going to see purple. And it's a distortion of the reality that's there. I have no doubt that the negative self-talk is well-intended. It's a piece of our brain that has allowed humans to continue surviving, that it's a remnant of that primitive brain that wants us to seek pleasure, avoid pain, take no risk, stay safe. It's outdated. It's irrelevant. It's a distortion. And in 2019, you don't need it. Are you still with me? So here's the first three. Identify the language of your self-talk the negative self-talk that is. Stop believing it's you and start seeing that thinking as outdated, irrelevant, and distorted. And here's number four, stop engaging. Imagine that there are people that you don't want to spend time with. Those people you can walk by and say hello, right? You don't invite them into your home. You don't give them your bed to sleep on. You don't cook them meals, tuck them in, meet the every request. You say hello and move on. When the inner critic is active, you can do the same thing. You really can. You don't have to cling to it. It's not your wubby. You can stop engaging with it. You can say, hi. Oh, there you are. All right. Moving on. And you can be at peace, like really detach and let go. And you can let those thoughts be wrong without addressing it. You don't have to fight. You don't have to engage. You don't have to make them comfortable because that's not you. If you think back to the snow globe analogy that we've used in a few different podcasts, you know the snow globe, if we're shaking it furiously and we see that snow moving around quickly, and then we just start judging it, why is it moving so fast? Because we're shaking it. Then we can stop shaking it, and some of the snow settles, and then we can actually set it down, and it will all settle. That's disengaging. And finally, number five, You can turn on your inner best friend and inner cheerleader. The language that you use is everything. The language of your thoughts, the language of your words. So you can adopt for yourself a belief that you need to use the language as your best friend or best cheerleader for you. Only the language that you would use with your most treasured person or most treasured animal That's the only language that's allowed for how you speak to yourself. And there's benefits to doing it. To bathing your mind in this and finding the evidence to support this. Wow, I really did that right. Oh, I connected well. Oh, I'm pleased with this. Bathing your mind in that. You can establish practices like practices of gratitude. That you start your day and you end your day with something of gratitude. It might be one thing. It might mean write a list, whatever you want to do. Start with one thing twice a day and bathe your mind in that. It's going to change your day. When you start and end your day with what's right and what's good, that's the lens that you're going to see things through, not the lens of negative self-talk. With any form of gratitude practice, 
you can add to it every day and watch it grow. And you can see that every day you really have more. You've found more. You've discovered more. You can add more. Bathing your mind in positive self-talk kind of sounds like this. I like what I did. I appreciate that decision. I'm glad to have learned from. I can see myself grow. I overcame that negative self-talk and I reached out to somebody. And wow, I'm so glad I did because they really did need, they really wanted to hear from me. I learned I didn't fail. I figured it out. I'm not quitting. I maintained patience. I've been consistent. I amazed myself. That's a wide range of statements, right? Maybe sometimes it is as simple as saying, I'm not quitting. And maybe it's also saying, I'm really proud of myself. That's the lens that is open and accessible to you. And you can fill up your senses with all of the positivity. What you see, what you hear, what you say, what you write down. All of your senses. And you know what's going to grow? Get this. Your hope, optimism, joy, gratitude, your relationships, your resilience. Seeing the positive in what you thought would be so negative or in the challenge. And if nothing else, you're going to better embrace the suck. And there's a lot to be said about that. So here are some exercises for you. Number one, write down the inner critic thoughts for a day. See the language, the frequency, and what it brings up for you. I really think you're going to be amazed. Amazed at how often it comes up and how much it has dictated what you do or don't do. Number two, begin and end your day with writing down something of gratitude. Writing it down, not acknowledging it, but really writing it down. It can be one thing or many things you choose. And number three, in your perfect world, on a perfect day, spending time in your most treasured way, whatever that is, write down what your thoughts are. Like, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What do you see? What are you saying to yourself? And what are you saying to others if they're with you? Really spend a few minutes and dig into this. Like set a timer for seven minutes. Perfect world, perfect day, spending time in your most treasured way. What do you think? What do you feel? What do you say? What do you see? Pause the podcast. If you did the last exercise, you know, the one we just did about a perfect day, that was a mind trick. Like we just tricked your mind into going someplace it doesn't normally go, doesn't want to go maybe, but doesn't naturally go. And here's your result. This is who you are. That is you. That's your voice of wisdom, of confidence, of goodness. That is you. And your inner critic is going to block it, work to defeat it, and not let it win. Because all the negative is trying to fill up the space. As you disengage from it, do you know what opens up? Space for the positivity to grow, the wisdom to come out, the confidence to find it, and the goodness, the essence of you. So here's your steps. Number one, be aware. 
Number two, stop believing it's you. Number three, start seeing it as irrelevant, outdated, and distorted. Number four, stop engaging. Treat it like people you don't want to spend time with. Hello and move on. And number five, harness your inner cheerleader and inner best friend and provide it with plenty of resources to thrive. Your time, your positivity, and your gratitude. And you know the ending, right? It's pretty predictable now that we're at episode 34. This is the difference between a good life and a phenomenal one. Smile, high five, all my best. Seriously, like sending you all my best. And I'll see you next time. Are you ready for coaching? Ready for more in your life? Want to see what's possible? Then message me at Facebook, Dina George MD Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you.